Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Conundrum Podcast. This week, my guest is the always entertaining Jimmy McKinley. Uh, it's been a tough break for all performers, uh, given the state of the, the pandemic, um, but he's managed to stay pretty busy. Um, the episode in which he was uh, featured in, in the Trailer Park Boys, was released, and he's performed many stages, uh, namely the Hubcap Comedy Festival that was done virtually. He also has a YouTube series that was released called Hot Talk, uh, where they eat spicy wings and he talks to different people from around the uh, the Miramichi area. So we have a great conversation, many laughs. Uh, we talk about how he got to start in comedy, for one, how to navigate different social issues uh, while performing comedy. We talk about our favorite horror movie villains, and our love of breakfast cereal um and that we hope one day maybe if we're lucky uh 90s fashion will make a comeback um with aikido lockup jeans i don't want to give it all away it's a great time and i really hope you enjoy my conversation with jimmy mckinley there's a little button right there there Look you go so I did not. So I literally just got home. I did not make my bed and I live in a bachelor apartment. I'm wearing a tooth right now. Um, we're As both. am I. Um, so uh, yeah, I didn't dress up for this. So sorry. And my bed is visible in the back and that's going to, I'm going to be looking. I never know where to look on these things. Everyone thinks, it's, oh, it's like FaceTime. It's normal now. So it's, uh, anyway, thank you for having me. And uh, I appreciate I appreciate uh, you giving me some time on your podcast. No, man, thank you for doing it. I was actually I was kind of nervous about asking you to do it because because okay. uh, <laughs> well, I mean usually I talk to musicians and yeah you know but but there I is a strong the there's yeah. a strong parallel between comedians and musicians I think so um, I. I would agree. I would agree with that. I did see a couple of your episodes. I saw the Terry Whalen. You did Terry Whalen. Yeah. You did Terry Whalen. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good chat. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I've interviewed him as well uh, on a little show I was doing. And uh, uh -huh. he's always hot, a treat hot talk. Hot talk. Correct. And yeah. uh, he, uh, he did fairly well. Um, mostly just like, catch up with tabasco sauce though he didn't really do the he didn't he didn't do like he didn't do as well as uh, you know adam lorden yeah yeah he didn't he stopped halfway in the sauces did he just kept with the same one after a while i think yeah i think there was like sweet and like mcdonald's sweet and sour sauce in that in Careful. that container no one checked yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. they're a sponsor yeah they <laughs> They paid for that digital brick wall behind you. What is yeah. that? Is that real? Are you outside right now? I'm I'm freezing it up, man. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh... You're in the basement of uh, of the old Barrett's department store right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the um, I'm in the underground of where the opera house used to be. These are all the yeah. opera house bricks. The only thing that didn't burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The basement. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, just so that people know who you are, because I'm sure there are people that are going to watch that that know who you are. But for those that don't, um, so if I'm not mistaken, you're originally from Miramichi. I am. Okay. Um, that's I mean that's what the IMDb told me. So 
<laughs> on there. <laughs> so do you come from like a large family? Like what, what was that dynamic like? I think, uh, so I do, I do not come from a large family. It's me, mom, dad, and my sister, Melissa. She's, she's older than me. So she's two and a half years older than me, two grades older. Um, so not a big family. Uh, my mother comes from a very large family from mm -hmm. the Vickers side. She had seven siblings, uh, possibly more, who knows that they, they stopped counting after like five. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, I think two siblings have the same name. Uh, there's like two Jerry's running around, but um, and my father was a, a family of six, so there was four, four of them, and then the two parents. Okay. Uh, so no, not a large family. From born and bred in in Newcastle. Okay, so you're from the good side, right? The good, yeah, the good side. <laughs> thank God we're getting that dog park on this side. I, I gotta <laughs> tell you, I don't know where the skate park's going, but. Uh, skate park i think is going up by the base um oh we should have it here you know yeah. i don't really care where things go it's like we're you know i don't even have a dog and uh i'm just happy that we have things that other towns have yeah and just I, I like i don't want to get all tangential about the dog park that i brought up um <laughs> find people sorry dude <laughs> I'm just, at the end of the day i'm just gonna rant uh but people are like you know what i don't have a dog so why should we have a dog pot and the, or it's like or it's in newcastle not chatham or the vice versa and they're like we should have it here it's like would you complain would you would you fight for newcastle if it was in chatham no so uh, i think we can get past that and learn from other towns because we also complain that people don't want to stick here stay mm -hmm. here or move here um, but that's exactly what people are looking for, too. They're looking yeah. for the skate park. Um, yeah. They're looking for dog parks. So I think that's a positive thing to have things that other towns have that are good. Yeah. And the thing with with Chatham and Newcastle and just, well, Miramichi, <laughs> the size of Miramichi is yeah. like you can get from the Chatham side to the Newcastle side where the dog park is in 10 minutes. On a car. Yeah. Like in a car. In a car. Yeah. To Not get from... To get from anywhere in Fredericton to the dog park, you're looking at a half hour, 45 minutes. Correct. Right? So what's the big deal? Well, you're you're stopping at three breweries on the way in in the Fredericton. <laughs> They're like, well, I might as well go stop at, at Greystone for 31 minutes uh, with my dog. With my dog, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what what's your opinion on the dog friendly? like everything they're like you know what no i love dogs uh and i spent the the past week my girlfriend and i we lived in chatham at my friend kevin's house uh and he uh looked after his dogs super easy dogs to look after uh elderly dogs very nice dogs um but yeah like i don't know i don't know if i would bring an untrained animal they're like, oh, bring your dog. And it's like, yeah, we're talking about the dog that's 13. Yeah, no, no, there's rule, there's strict rules at the dog park. Like if your dog's untrained or if they, they dig in, or, you know, if they dig anywhere, stuff like that, you've got to get them out. Yeah, it's the same thing with any sentient being, I would think. Right. Like if yeah. I had a kid who did not know how, who just like ripped like just anything he saw, he destroyed. I would not bring that kid anywhere until he no. learned how. Or she exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and the onus is on the owner to you know take care of yeah. that. So yeah.
but uh, yeah, the dog park is, uh, it's up and running. Uh, well, it was up and running. I heard that it's actually closing down now that the snow is coming. They love snow. So they're, uh, I guess they're not going to be plowing it. I don't know. Oh, uh, well, that's, that, well, that's a letter I'm going to write tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Dear whoever I'd write this to. No having now i don't have a dog mind <laughs> yeah, you. but i know they so like I, snow yeah <laughs> i saw in a movie once that the first snowfall they went ape shit <laughs> they really do yeah we yeah. have a dog yeah oh good yeah, yeah. oh um, I, I think i think i know is it a black dog a black lab yes you took a picture of him once i did and it's yeah. a beautiful dog it's really cute he looks out the window at uh, at uh, at Lugaru. yeah yeah, my wife brings him to work all the time. So he's actually a pug and a beagle. A pug? Yep. A peagle, yeah. No, a beagle. Or a pug. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to combine them. That's no, called a puggle. A pug. Is, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. I, yeah. I think I like that combination of dog. Yeah. Oh, he's a great dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super chill. He's got high anxiety though, like super. I can high tell. Anxiety. Yeah. So when I, I like, I snapped the picture quick, um, and I was gonna snap a picture of him. The what's his name? Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. And I was gonna snap a picture of him uh, the other day, but then a large group of people were wondering what I was doing with the <laughs> camera, and then they came and then scared him, and he ran, yeah, yeah. He ran all the way upstairs. He ran like halfway up and then yeah. looked back. We wanted yeah. to make sure people were following him. Well, yeah, but they couldn't because there was a glass right. door. But he doesn't know that. Well, he dogs know there's a glass door. <laughs> he was licking it before I arrived. Yeah. Um, so you were a teacher before you were a comic, right? Not I was yeah, so I done many prof- many many different jobs, um, mostly supply teaching, but yes, a teacher as well. On mm-hmm. I t- I worked for a company that taught uh skills skill-based training on um indigenous community um in, in, indigenous communities all over uh, new brunswick years ago uh before that i was a supply teacher from 2007 to 2010 here uh district 16 anglophone north and i did a brief stint of supply teaching and long-term supply um just to use my science degree at least once after okay. a UNB uh, in 2018. Um, but for the bulk of my adult life, I was doing um, working for tech companies, working for IBM. I worked for a company called Radian 6. Yeah, so I was in Fredericton for many years. I was there all throughout my university career, 2002 to 2007. And then I was home supply teaching then I went back to work uh, in the tech sector as like sales guys or not sales, but like post-sale account management, customer success management, customer support training, things like that until 2018. And then I came back here, supply taught a little bit, but I've been doing comedy since 2011. So I just was I went up on stage a little over 10 years ago now. Wow. 10 years it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been cool 10 years ago tonight oh my god well 10 years ago maybe when this airs i don't know <laughs> oh yeah it's not actually live yeah no we're not yeah we're not live stream <laughs> this is it yeah this is the year 2041 now 
hopefully jimmy <laughs> makes his bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so as a supply teacher dealing with kids like is that something that kind of helped you in dealing with hecklers and stuff like that on stage yeah i think so uh yeah. i think i think the trick is i'm just i, I guess i'm kind of good at getting people's attention uh so and it's not necessarily raising your voice sometimes you lower mm -hmm. your voice mm -hmm. i found as a supply teacher and i use i sort of use that yeah. on stage sometimes i'll just get get sort of low with the mic and we're just going to look at this guy over here in the back with the mohawk yeah because uh, then they kind of lean in right you lean it yeah because then they when you get quiet everyone else kind of gets quiet and it sort of singles out so it, it that works um as a supply teacher too especially as a supply teacher not as a teacher teacher because mm -hmm. supply teacher like when you walk in some of the students are just like yes <laughs> you know what i mean yeah or if they yeah. see the tv actually you don't have a tv now it's everything's smart board so they they don't know the uh dopamine release that a kid gets when you walk in and the tv had been wheeled in from the library yeah. with the vcr yeah. with the, the episodes VCR. of degrassi <laughs> yeah we're gonna watch some degrassi uh no i mean it didn't matter what you were watching you just know you weren't uh going to be listening or learning and, and just sort of yeah yeah unless you're watching degrassi yeah yeah um so when you were like when i was a teenager i would often do imitations um of like my friends and family members in front of my parents and i'd have yeah. them like in, in hysterics like just like nearly pissing themselves is that something that you would do growing up? Like, like when did the comedy bug kind of start with you? Good question. Not necessarily with my parents. No, uh, it was in small groups. I wasn't very popular or anything in high school, uh, but I, I was, I was li like, I, I was, it, I was liked by probably all the cliques, you know, I was, I would get along with everyone, but I wasn't going to the, like, I, I would find out about that house party, mm -hmm. you know, later. Yeah. They're like, hey, you're going to this house on the on the Rich Street, and I'm like, oh, they're, they're like, they're like, well, no, because it already happened, you know. And I'd be like, oh, I would have loved to have gone had had it not happened. Now it's right. in the past. Um, I, I I was funny, yeah, in like small groups, uh, very uh, very nervous doing public speaking, doing like speeches, oratory speeches. Mm -hmm. uh wasn't good at that got really nervous um basically because i was just plagiarizing someone else's work and just reading you know my topic is about dreams or something you know right. and, and you do it and i did okay but I would, get, I would get really nervous um yeah like small groups amongst my friends we were a small group of like four like me oliver Derek, jonathan we just sit in the cafeteria at lunchtime and on breaks in the morning and, and just sort of, I don't know. I, I hung out with a lot of funny guys. Like one of the funniest guys I, I, I've ever met is my friend, Oliver, Oliver Foran. And he has made me laugh. He always makes me laugh, but he's made me laugh to the point where I thought I was going to die. Like there was one time we were coming back from like trick or treating when we were kids. And he said something, I can't remember what it was, but I was, I spilled some pop on his mother's carpet and uh, after Halloween trick-or-treating and he said something, I, I, he said something so funny that I 
couldn't breathe. So I, I had lost. So I like something had screwed up with my like autonomic <laughs> nervous system. So like it, it'd be kind of like if you're in the ocean and then a wave hits you and you're down like a second too long and then you can't get up because another wave is hitting you. Yeah, like yeah. something. And I was like, dude, I am going to die. <laughs> so I've always been um, just attracted to that. Like just the, the, just funny people, not necessarily comedians, just everyone knows people who aren't comedians that are just, everything they say is funny. Uh, everything they, just, like, the way they talk, the way they tell a story is just mm -hmm. funny. And that's, yeah. that's what I try to do as a profession. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, well, that's what comedy is, right? It gen generally comedy is somebody's outlook or perspective that they've taken a topic or whatever it is, they internalize it and then they spew it out in, in their way. And either somebody thinks it's funny or they don't, because right. it's, it's all subjective, just like music is right. Um, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause and I, I recently, like I heard Seinfeld, um, I was listening to a podcast he was doing um, and he said, like, people think that they know what, the silence is when the, on the stage, but until like you get up there and you've got the mic, like that is the quietest moment you'll ever experience. Like, is that something that, that you can attest to? Like, or how yes. do you deal with, with yes. that? Yes. And, and getting back to something else Seinfeld said, Jerry was interviewing uh, on his uh, comedians and cars show mm. comedians and cars getting great coffee. show. Horrible, horrible title. Great show. <laughs> great show. Horrible title. Hey, uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's one of my favorite shows. And he was interviewing David Letterman mm -hmm. and they're just chilling out at the coffee shop. And I've experienced this where you, and I've been doing comedy for about 10 years, like from Genesis, like open first open mic shaking run off stage, <laughs> you know, really doing comedy when I found my voice, maybe like four years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I know oh, yeah. well, it takes time, right? This is what I, this is how I want to tell these stories. Now mm -hmm. I might be telling a joke I've been telling for five years, um, you know, and people will give me shit about it, but, um, but now I tell that a lot better. So, but getting back to Jerry, he, he was telling a story about, oh, you know, they're at a club and uh, you know, there's six people on the lineup and you think everyone, the, oh, the crowd's just going to laugh at anything. They're just going to, they're there, they're laughing at everything. And then Jerry says, then you, you go out and you realize very quickly when you take the mic out of the stand and sometimes it's hard to get it out and uh, you get it. And, and then, oh, you realize they're not laughing at all. Yeah. You know, they're, they're like, if you're a famous headliner, like Jerry Seinfeld, like you'll get a little bit off the top of they'll just laugh at anything off the top. Uh, even if you're a non-famous headliner, such as myself, you'll get a little break off the top because you're the last act, you know, they've been looking forward to it. Uh, they're expecting more. So sometimes you get, but then after those first few little zingers, if your material is not working, it, it's almost like, have you ever seen that movie Minority Report? Yep. The Tom Cruise movie. So where they erase a memory for, like they'll they'll erase the precogs uh yeah. memories from the from the past so that they don't repeat the same so they don't tell you to go solve the same murder that they already solved so they'll erase 
uh, a deja vu or something like that. They said, mm -hmm. so they just basically, the audience will just laugh and then they reset and go <laughs> back to just minority report. And you're like, okay, now you gotta be funny again and again. Mm -hmm again and again and again so they're not laughing at it and sometimes you're like oh they're, that crowd's laughing at everything they've never seen a comedy show here in Rija Bucktail before and uh and and it's it's pretty much the same every every place you 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 have to be funny you're either funny or you're not they don't care about how how you know they don't care about if you've been on Family Feud or <laughs> I don't know why I said Family Feud <laughs> I mean, a show that a comedian would perform on <laughs> I don't I don't care if you've done the prices right five times you're not gonna you're not gonna kill in uh, Petit Rocher, New Brunswick at the uh, bed and breakfast. But um, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't matter what you've done. You just, you just laughter is involuntary, right? So it it's something that it's kind of like a sneeze, where it, if you're not funny, and you can tell a fake laugh too. If you get your friends oh, yeah. there, man, laugh at everything. And it's like, it's not, it's not, a, I would rather hear dead silence. I would rather hear my own cells dividing. I'd rather hear my choices than, than my, you know, cousin fake laughing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and it's the same thing, like with, as a band, like you get up on stage and, and if the crowd's not into it, you can tell pretty quick. And then there's the ones that are yeah. after the show, they'll come up to you and be like, oh, that was a great set. And you're like, hmm. No, I oh, saw you over yeah. there. You were kind of like totally zoned out. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people um, won't even look at you if you bomb. If yeah. you like, like a corporate gigs or, or at, uh, you're just not, not do not feeling it that night and you, do, you don't do well. And you come off stage and all you want to do is just go home and, and then people just won't. They're mm -hmm. talking to all the other comedians and they're not talking. You're, you're, yeah. you're like, oh, God. And then I there's just, the expectation that you have to be funny off stage too, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, that a hundred percent, man. Yeah. Oh, you're a comedian. No, you're okay. Tell me a joke. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're a drummer. Drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Play something. Yeah. Do you drum or do you, you play the, you, 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 are you a drummer? Yeah. You're the drummer. Yeah. You're the drummer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And, and yeah, just take these sticks and uh, I'm like, what do you do? They're like, I'm a welder. I said, weld that chair to that lamp right now work right now, for me yeah. but no it uh it is an odd request when they say really tell me a joke yeah or when like i was working at ibm um people would awkwardly introduce me as he's a he's our comedian you know and it, it's done it, it yeah like it comes from a good place right? yeah yeah, no, and my buddy Darren, like he's he's like, oh, here's Jimmy. He's our, but no one really knows I'm a comedian. Like they might know here a little bit and maybe New mm -hmm. Brunswick a little bit, but five years ago in IBM, when I didn't even know what I was selling, and I'm just like going to the going to the kitchen to get a granola bar. And uh, you know, and it, it's done in, in you know, the, with the best of intentions. Yeah. And they're just like, yes, hey, Jimmy, he's the comedian. And the people that they're introducing me to they have no idea what like they're like okay like they don't they don't know that i actually on the weekends travel to a place tell jokes for an hour 20 minutes to an hour and uh and get paid for it a little bit and and um they don't take it seriously you know and and um i think that 
a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't take it. Like, there's a lot of people that employ me that that do take it seriously. They pay you up front and that. But I think a lot of it just because it it looks like such a fun thing. So if you're going out to see a show, um, most people at a show are not working. They're they're there to see the show. Mm-hmm. So they're all having fun. It's Friday night. They don't have to work the next day. Long weekend. Uh, Saturday night's even better. Um, but for the, you know, so, so that maybe the, the sense of urgency to pay a performer can, can sometimes, I don't even know how we got on this topic, but can yeah. sometimes, and you, you might be able to relate to this as well, where yeah. it's like, oh, we'll just e-transfer you two weeks from now. And it's like, well, I find it, you know, and back a few years ago when I was kind of hurting for, uh, for, for money, um, you'd be like, okay, well, I need, like, I'm going to live with you until you e-transfer that because I don't have the gas money. To get to- home. from st john to make it back to and and you might be able to blame that on me for not doing the contract upright but um right now i would send a contract to my dead grandmother (laughs) you gotta yeah you you have to have it on especially with covid too Mm -hmm. you gotta have place because i i had so many cancellations and and it's not so bad anymore but you know when you have six book shows sold out and then you go orange Mm -hmm. orange and then you didn't you didn't properly do the contract up to, to secure something for yourself up front okay. uh, due to this moment and and it's so yeah it's it's been a I don't know why I'm talking about this right now but it, it's no it's, this uh, is a, it's, a, it's a fucked up yeah sorry about the language can no. I say yeah, yeah you can say fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> am I allowed to say the word fuck yeah yeah uh, it's a fucked up time man it's a fucked up time for everyone I'm not saying. I'm not saying uh, performers are the only one affected or anything, but it, it's a. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're the first ones that get canceled and they'll be the last ones that can come back really. Exactly. You know, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and the, the, the pay thing was something that was not quite how I wanted to get into it, but there was something that I, I did kind of want to discuss just where like, usually when you see a comedy show, um, a lot of times it's not just one, one act, like there's like five or six, you know, three or four, whatever the amount number is, right. depending on the festival. Um, but usually whenever I've gone to see a comedy show, there's been like three or four comics on the same bill, yep. which is very similar to, um, well, at least original bands. Like when we play a show, we don't play like a, like a cover party band, like a full four hour night. Like, so what we get paid is generally sometimes there'll be a guarantee which is usually like bare minimum and then you get the door is that is that something that comedy shows do as well yeah so there's many much like musicians there's many different types of shows that i do Mm -hmm. so uh you you always want to be in a position where people are coming to see you or if you don't have that coming to see a comedy show uh, when you're doing private shows, uh, th- and that's where all the money is, by the way, in the private gigs, the Christmas gigs, um, you know, companies with a budget for entertainment and, they, and, and you're lucky enough to get a call. Um, that's where the money is. So that's where 80% of the salary is. The 20% of the salary is uh, in the clubs where you don't make a whole lot of money. There are some clubs that are getting a lot better, though. Um, I was booked today. Um in a, a Nova Scotia club in Dartmouth and uh, the, they're, they're treating me very fairly. And uh, so that's great to see. 
um, I, I used to say the club shows are the fun shows where you're basically, you save up all your, all your money from your corporate gigs and your ticketed events mm-hmm. where you, you know, you get a hundred percent of the door or, or you have a, you know, a good percentage of the door right. um, and go home. Uh, you know, th- those gigs, if you're fortunate enough uh, to get them, uh, you save those money to, to do the comedy club shows, you know? Um, and I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk ill of any comedy clubs here. Um, but I mean, the comedy clubs, they can't afford, especially no. now they yeah. can't afford to pay you 500 bucks a night. They can't afford to pay you 300 bucks a night for a show and hotel and travel and gas and all that stuff. There, there's no way in hell they'd be able to do it. Um, so you go and do those shows because they're the, they're the funnest of the shows. Mm-hmm. They're the, they're the, probably the smallest paying, but they're the, the, the best opportunity, you know, if yeah. you can get yourself on yuck yucks, uh, on Richmond street, Toronto, you know, get a, get a guest spot, eight minutes, uh, Halifax, you know, there, there's clubs there. Uh, those are the, the, the best shows to do. Mm-hmm. So you need to do all shows. Um, but yeah, um, I don't even know what the question was now, but, uh, making money good making money <laughs> making yeah. money is good it allows me to pay for these tums uh this is actually a commercial for tums now yeah, yeah. they're, they're like, now a sponsor uh, yeah um yeah well i mean like with those shows it's the same thing with with music like when we play those shows with other bands you're you're among your peers so you're watching the other bands so in your case watching other comedians right. and that kind of gives you you know that that want to do better that you know you you see how well they're doing or you're seeing something that they're doing different and you're like fuck that's awesome and then you try to incorporate that or you know it it's like that whole that old you know iron sharpens iron kind of mentality yeah and and with the smaller gigs you know people are seeing you and then they'll remember you yeah because you killed it right because you're on your game and then they'll go see the corporate show absolutely yeah no it uh that completely makes sense. Um, and there's times where I'll be in Halifax at the Yucks Club and like year, like years ago, five or six years ago, and you're, I'm middling. I was always middling. I'm not even a big, big headliner with the Yucks now, but it, it, you know, I would do, and I still middle and host a lot with Yucks. And you're sitting there and then on Saturday night, they'll have guest spots. And sometimes it's sort of a famous get spot. Like it's a, the writers from 22 minutes will come in and they'll just ah, fuck annihilate, yeah, you yeah. know? And then you got to follow that. And I mean, like the, the crowd's loving it. And obviously the energy's up. And then you're like, my God, I hope they like this joke about my dad's robe. <laughs> I hope, they, you know what I mean? I hope, I hope they like the fucking joke I have about the dog park. That was a good one, though. Hopefully, they know what Chatham is, even though I'm in New, <laughs> even though I'm in fucking Halifax. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, but uh, and it and it's like, but you learn from that too, because it, it. When I used to audition for, you know, you get an audition for Just for Laughs, and you don't get it, and you go up there and you're so nervous, and then I realize that well, I'm not ready. Like if I'm that, if I'm shaking, mm-hmm. you know, and I know she, you know, and then she's like, well, I know you're only nervous because I was in the crowd, and. And I was like, I almost feel like I got that audition too early. I was just in the right place, right time. I was doing lots of shows, but I wasn't really ready to be auditioning for showcase and for just for laughs. Now, sure, <laughs> but <that'll, laughs> yeah. 
a call, you know, no one's called me. Uh, so it, it uh, and there's no, there's no animosity, obviously. I'll just keep right. doing my thing, right? I just, okay. I'm, I'm solid, but, but I'll keep doing my thing. But yeah, it, it's like, I always feel like I'm, you know, I, I, I got that opportunity to showcase way too early. And, um, but that's just life, right? That's life. I was in the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, you should do this. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I was so nervous that it was just not my regular act. And uh, but yeah, you learn, you, you, you watch um, like normal, your typical comedy show would have a host and a middle act and a headliner, maybe some, some guest spots as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. you're, you're learning from that. You learn how to host, you learn how to middle, you learn how to headline, you learn how to start your headlining um, act. Uh, you learn how to close it, obviously. Um, like I can do a 30 minute act with my hour act and hit every joke, but condense them down and-, and Yeah, you then know, you're playing with timing and yeah. Yeah, you're playing with time, like making it cleaner, making it, you know, or, you know, making it more raunchy or mm -hmm. whatever you want. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, you, you just learn, you just continue to grow and learn. I think every five years, doesn't matter if you're like a guy who fixes pianos. <laughs> That's random. Or, or a guy, you know, I, I don't know, a plumber. Um, it, you, you grow every five years and you, yeah. you learn you're almost a new person and you're like, I would never do it that way now. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know. Well, like on that topic, like about things that you would have done five years ago versus now the whole cancel culture thing, like comedy is very important when like, personally, I think it's important when it talks about social issues, um, you know, because that's, that's what comedy yeah. is, right. It, you're taking the world around you and you're spitting it back out. Like, do you worry about any of that? Like, cause I know when you're telling a joke that like context is very important and people I find don't get context or they, they'll, they'll grab a headline or they'll grab like a punchline, but they won't, you know what I mean? Like put it into perspective. Yeah. Um, do you worry about that whole thing? Like being offensive or like, are you just doing your thing? Just doing my thing. Um, unless people become, unless dog parks become really controversial. <laughs> yeah, they will. You know? um, it's not that I'm not trying to push the envelope because I am trying to do that more and more now. Um, especially in the past, the climate in the past, year mm -hmm. with just i can't believe the people i know people i know yeah. who think a certain way yeah you know who will comment something that's so obscene um i, I mean with cancel yeah the cancel the i guess you can call it accountability culture and cancel culture like yeah. if someone's accountable you know it it's so hard. It, it's it's a difficult topic to discuss, but it needs to be discussed. I mean, just because you're offended, if, if you're a, you can joke about anything. So, yeah. uh, and and I have a theory that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, just because you're uh, you're you're offended, but upset about something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're right. You know, um, you know, like people get offended all the time. Like it's so like I I'm I was offended earlier at the grocery store. Or at, uh, you know, when I was getting my gas earlier and someone was checking a year's worth of lottery tickets. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was my aunt. You know, it, <laughs> it's like, I got to have my $20 bill and my air miles. 
you know, and I'm ready to rock and roll. We should, we should have a, a separate building for these people checking their lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to cancel me right now. The <laughs> ALC. At least half a mirror machine. Yeah, they're going to see this. Yeah. Hashtag ALC. Um, I'm doing my own thing. I think I, and I used to say the more offensive the material or the more controversial the material, the funnier the joke needs to be. I think I stole that from Jim Jeffries. I heard him on a podcast. Can I just close my window? Because uh, I Go think it's it. my car going off. Yeah, it's the car. Okay. Oh, it just went off now that I got off. And I sort of agree with that. And I also agree uh, with the fact that some jokes don't age well. So, you know, they'll unearth something from the past. It, it, it depends on the context, depends on what the issue is too. Depends on what you did in the past and, you know, yeah. determining like what, how, how to properly view a person. Um, I think, um, and I think something like, if you're talking about controversial stuff or people who like swear a lot on stage like that, my, my father's view is, and my mother's view, like don't swear, you know, like Bill Cosby. He was, you know, busy doing other things when he wasn't swearing, apparently. I was going to say, okay. Um, yeah, Where are you yeah. going anyway, with this? Bad example, but anyway, yeah. yeah. He never swore at all. No, yeah. it was great. On stage, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was doing other things which aren't funny, but, um, which were horrible. But, uh, and I think like my father's like, you know, don't swear. And it's like, well, it, it's not about, there's a time and a place to swear. Like, you, like he swears, I swear. We swear to emphasize things. And um, I don't even know where I was going with this. It, there was there was something we had, we got to get back on track. Um, I don't worry too much about it. Uh, if you're not a piece of shit, you're not going to be you're not going to be accused of being a piece of shit. Um, Fair point. And I also think certain things um, are taken out of context. I th- I think people there's a certain group that are looking for a reason to be upset with something, you know, and, and you're at a comedy show here, guys, like you're, yeah, right. you know, if you're upset about something um, that takes place at a comedy show, you know, if I say something and I'm like, yeah, Andre with his toucan and all the drummers wear the, t-, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I know all drummers don't actually wear toques. That's a horrible joke, by the way. But you know what I mean? Like I'm generalizing, you can make a generalized statement. I myself know that I know that that's not true, yeah. but I'm sort of, I, I'm making fun of a stereotype. So if you're making fun of a stereotype, you're almost making fun of the people that believe in that stereotype. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then the people, they, they just hear a couple of key words and then they're writing a blog or they're writing, you know, they're vlogging or podcasting and they completely miss the point of the joke. It was a joke. You you spent money to go to a comedy show, um, and you brought your MacBook. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, they're, they're doing it in real time. Uh, yeah, yeah. They all and they all have MacBooks, by the way. So that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble for that too. That's a generalized statement on yeah. people that write blogs. Now there was something I was going to say about. Yeah. So what I was gonna say is, and I gotta get this out. Like like someone says oh you can't joke about you know topic x you say you can't joke about topic x and i've said okay why of course you can joke about really anything anything's really 
Um, I mean, there's probably some things <laughs> that you, you shouldn't say. In certain some situations. things are off the table. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, uh, but yeah, I would I would make a joke at my my own grandmother's funeral, not at somebody else's. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there, there's uh, yeah, but um, what is it? It's uh, anyway. Ask another ask another question. It'll come back to me. It, <laughs> we'll come back to it. Such a strange. No, here it is. Here it is, right here. So if if you if if someone if someone tells you that you can't joke about topic X, a lot of the times they've seen a horrible comedian talk about topic X and it just wasn't funny, but it wasn't because the topic shouldn't be talked about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So give me a controversial topic, Dre. Oh God. <laughs> um, drummers that wear toques. <laughs> drummers that wear toques. That's a very offensive thing that, you know, that was in the news earlier and you shouldn't be talking about that. Uh, I went to the, I went to the, you know, Dooley's the other night and they had a comedy show on and or you know or somewhere and they had a comedy show on and uh someone talked about that and it's like well maybe it just wasn't funny maybe they were just like they just they told an unfunny joke about a controversial topic mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah it doesn't mean that the topic shouldn't be discussed it just means that that was a shitty comedian yeah who didn't yeah. know how to talk who didn't know how to tell a joke i mean yeah. i've heard hilarious jokes about the most horrible of topics and um and they're funny because they're funny and I, and, I, and I you know when dad says you can't swear and then we're sitting there watching george carlin uh, if i go over for supper to mom and dad <laughs> or we're watching prior with like i'll just put some stuff on the chromecast and he's laughing his ass off yeah and he's like, well that's what they did back in the day it's like no they didn't they do yeah, it then yeah. they do it now they do it clean they do it dirty i've seen yeah. George on George Carlin on the tonight show kill yeah. talking about getting his shirt ironed. Yeah. You know, and, and, and funny is funny. If you're funny, you can talk about anything. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there aren't topics that maybe shouldn't that, that are a little bit more sensitive, but you know, depending on context time and uh, you know, events that may have recently happened. Like when I do a corporate gig, I always ask, you know, is there anything that's off limits? You know, after just saying new, there's nothing off limits. Yeah. I'm doing a private gig. And if they're paying me very well, I'm going to say, look, look, I'm in Heartland, New Brunswick mm -hmm. by the covered bridge. Did anything happen here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should know about yeah. if, you know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to bring up a topic that's sensitive and then everyone immediately hating you. And yeah. you're just ignorant of the fact that something happened. Yeah, like you can joke about train bridges there, but you can't joke about covered bridges. <laughs> covered bridges, yeah. Right? yeah. If the bridge is covered <laughs> and chips are off limits, potato chips, yeah. Potato chips like, are off limits, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think it's important to talk about those topics. And I think, especially in comedy, because you kind of make light of it, you kind of disarm people. And I think it's educational. I think the more that you talk about topics, the, the more it gets desensitized so people can have conversation. Absolutely. Um, that's a great point. I think, you know, because everyone, you know, the narrative is always like, you know, you can't talk about religion mm -hmm. or politics, right? Yeah. You can't talk about religion or politics. Um, I think we need to be talking about, and I know nothing about either of those things. So that's the only reason I don't talk about them. Maybe I should be talking about them more, mm -hmm. but I don't know. And, and, and maybe we should be talking about the stuff that pisses people off the most. 
more. And I know comedians do that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ricky Gervais and, and Jeffries and Delmar and all these guys. Um, not necessarily Seinfeld, which I love about him, um, nor myself. But maybe we should be talking about these things. There's definitely the, I think that's definitely one of the, one of the mediums that can get away with it the most. Yes. You know, because, and, and people look to comedians for that. I think mm -hmm. that's, well, that's what I look for in comedians. And, and I, I think a lot of them are going to the show to, 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 to not necessarily write a blog about the controversial thing that comedians said, they want to hear it and they, they want to see the, someone's take on it because a comedian's job is to, is to basically take something from the that's on everyone's back burner and put it on the front burner and mm -hmm. you know, someone like i thought of that the other day i would never think it would be on the front burner tonight you know <laughs> it could be anything it could be something controversial but it could be something it could just be something like the way you do your laundry <laughs> yeah <You know, it, laughs> right this, this observational right just, we just look at things and try to extract something funny from it right yeah just like yeah, standing someone checking lottery tickets yeah and i think like with i think it's especially hard with comedians because like you do a joke and then you can't really do that joke again to the same crowd or, or like as a musician we like we're expected to to play songs and we'll, yeah. we'll release a song we'll release an album we'll play that song and it's part of our set right and then people come back to see the show to see those yeah. songs right Whereas as a comedian, if I go see a comedian and I hear the joke and I laugh my ass off, it's great. Had a good time. I'm going to go see that comedian again. And then as soon as I hear him say the same jokes or it's like the same set, it's like, it's you're out. Right. Like, yeah, you must have what, a great memory. Um, but like, I, how do you deal with that? Like, I think you my must sound, constantly writing. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're always jotting ideas down. You're always trying to, even if uh, sometimes you'll have a joke, that I've told in Mamrishi before that I can just, I can make better. Like I've, I've thought of another, um, I've thought of something else to add on to it. So I can, I can do that. Even if I tell the same joke, I usually add a little bit, something new to it. Somebody, somebody actually said that the other day, my friend, Aaron said that she said, I heard that joke about your aunt Barb. And then, but there was something different with it and, or like a supply teaching joke or something like that. The premise was the same, but I sort of changed changed up that the the punchline a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you got to be constantly writing. The, the reason why I have the material I have is because when I first started, I thought I had to be new every week. I thought I had to have this like it was a once a month show we were doing at Wilser's Room, Fredericton at the Capitol Complex, and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. I was I would just write down an art um, a topic for at the airport, and then I would just jot down funny ideas about me being at the airport and what I've dealt with and how I hate it. And, and then, or, you know, the KFC, um, double down or like, I just fast food and, and talk about <laughs> going to fast food restaurants. And I'm like, what's funny about that. I just kind of copied other comedians. Like, what do they talk about? They talk about that topic. Then I talk about this, the top of that and my family. And, th and that's what really shines through is when I sort of poke fun at my family and mom and dad and, you know, setting up their Chromecast or like figuring out what the Wi-Fi password is. Dad calls it Wi-Fi. But that's relatable because everybody has those parents, right? Yeah. And that's oh, what that's what the funny is. And what what's great about this town of Miramichi is uh, the fact that when I tell jokes about my parents, like the crowd's either my parents' age or they're my age and they have parents like that. So it's yeah. 
it's sort of a thing that I found that's that's niche but universal. Yeah, yeah. Niche universal. Niche and universal. Okay. Put that on a fucking tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goddamn drummer. Yeah. Uh, so you did the uh, the Hubcap Festival online. Um, I did during yeah. the, during the whole pandemic thing. Are they yeah. going to be doing that again? Are you going back to that? I hope so. I gotta wait for Robert Glant to give me a call, but okay. um, or Xavier, Xavier, my booking Xavier. agent there. We um, Xavier. We uh, yeah, we had a great time doing it. It was weird. Uh, we recorded most of the show at the Capitol Theater, the beautiful Capitol Theater downtown Moncton on Main Street. Um, yeah, hoping to go back. Uh, that'll be coming up January. Okay, hopefully February. February, yeah. February. Okay. February, um, yeah. Because. In the news, uh, it was released that you've got a new TV series coming up, uh, the Canoe, the Canoe Project. Project. Yeah. Um, so, I'm assuming you're in the midst of writing that now. Yes. So okay. that's what I'll be doing the rest of tonight. I got to read some drafts and make notes. Uh, and then with you filming that in Newfoundland, right? We're gonna film it in Newfoundland. Uh, so it was created by a friend of mine named Mark Carnett, a brilliant comedian. Um, I've known him for many, many years. Uh, we started, I, well, he's been doing comedy longer than me, but we, we met each other about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago in Fredericton. He was living there and then he moved off to Newfoundland. He had created this, uh, TV show idea about five or six years ago. I did not know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was earlier this year where he said, you know, I'm starting to pitch this show to some uh broadcasters uh in newfoundland and and then also with bell canada and uh i think they actually like the idea and i was like i was like oh really and um and he had written this part for me five years ago which is which is flattering uh and so anyway things just sort of fell into place and and bell we had a series of meetings with them and they told us that they're going to green light the show and, and, and finance it. And we're very thankful that they're able to allow us to tell a story. It's a comedy series. It's a sitcom with indigenous roots as well. There's a lot of indigenous people uh, on both sides of the camera. Okay. Uh, Mark himself is indigenous. Our director is producers. Uh, we're going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun project to work on. Okay, so if you're filming that, so you'll be moving to Newfoundland for a time then? Just for the day, yeah, so it won't be a permanent thing. So I'm going to be, we're, gonna, we're working that out now. Um, it'll be less than two weeks. So we're going to try to knock out, Okay. you know, six to, you know, eight to 10 episodes. Those are going to be some long days. They're going to be long, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're not, yeah, so they're going to be fun, but they're going to be long. Uh, yeah, it'll be up in the morning and midnight after post midnight probably to bed um but i think it'll be worth it in the end we we have a great team uh our director patrick condon he's producing it as well handling a lot of stuff that i don't know how to handle with money and and hiring and casting and stuff like that so we're he's done tons and tons of stuff we just hired another producer as well carrie uh carrie oakey and she is such a phenomenal person and just way smarter than me with television stuff so like she's asking questions that i'm like i would never think you know what i mean it's like, it's like yeah, yeah. i would never think to ask that um and so we have a really great creative team and we're putting everything together now and we're hoping to start filming in april march okay. late march april newfoundland i love newfoundland i can't wait to go back i've yeah. never 
gone there for anything like this. So it, uh, have you been to Newfoundland? Yeah. Yeah. I spent, uh, I spent a, a week there, um, when I was working for a tech company, uh, that went over there for a week for training, um, stayed right in St. John's at a bed and breakfast. Yeah. It was like phenomenal. And, and, uh, I discovered smokes poutine that week. <laughs> no. Oh, they're there. Is that where yeah, they're from? Yeah. They're right down. On, well, I don't know if they're from yeah. there, but they, they had a restaurant there. They had, they had one. Yeah. I ate that literally every day, twice a How day <laughs> at the man. By the end of that week, it was, a, it was just not a good scene. It was, oh, it, was a, it was a long flight back. <laughs> well, I, so I'll tell you a story, man. I we're we're coming in. So I, um, I dated a girl that lived in New that she like moved to medical school in, New in Newfoundland in 2009. We didn't date very long. We, it was like a little brief romance. And then mm -hmm. she's like, I'm going to medical school. And I went, what? And then um, that was my exact reaction. That and, then, so she went, and, then, and then we had continued the relationship. You know, you hang on to, to something. Yeah. And then uh, and I, she's like, well, come visit. So I went to go visit in March break of I don't know, 20, must've been 2008, 2009. I don't know. And uh, the turbulence. So I was a nervous flyer at the time. I didn't fly a lot. So the, that was the first time I had been on a plane since dad took us to Florida when I was 10. So it was about 15, 16 years of not being 30,000 feet in the air. Yeah. So I, and then there was turbulence and there's this uh, older lady next to me. She was kind of across the aisle and we're a little, and she's like, oh dear, is this your first time? I said, it's not my first time flying, but I'm a little bit nervous. And uh, she said, this is normal. When we landed, dude, the, the wind was so strong that even the lady was like, I, I looked over, she had rosary beads. <laughs> she had fly, like were you flying little, into St. John's? St. John's. She had like a little Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, where does she get all these little uh, religious trinkets? Yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> just magically, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for calling them trinkets, but uh, <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care. Uh, but uh, dude, I, I thought I was going to die. Like bags were coming out of the things. And it was one of those little small planes that they don't even close the cockpit door. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, all you can see planes. the like, you know, like you're friends with the pilot. Like I'm, I, I know the pilot now I can text the pilot right now. It, the, the, the plane was so small. I have the pilot's number. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah. you know, the smaller the plane, the more likely you are to uh, be best friends with the, you're actually the pilot. Yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Halfway through, I'm taking yeah, a piss break and go fly the plane. To the show. It'd be like, and I'm the pilot, but yeah. no, I uh, love Newfoundland, but yeah, I, I, that flight man was, was yeah. Cause like when you fly into Newfoundland, like they come around and then they, they bank hard. Like there's this hard turn that they do. Yes. I don't think they should do that. Yeah. yeah well, you know. going to Ireland. Yeah. You should, you should, you'd think that they'd yeah. be able to fly far enough away to take a nice soft turn. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Fly all the way out to the Pacific yeah. or Atlantic. And then Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> geology was not my favorite, even though it was geography. You were a science teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bermuda Triangle and then come and back. Then, yeah. Soft left back. Um, yeah. So you did the, um, the Trailer Park Boys episode. Uh, yeah. a couple of years ago what was it like working with yeah. them it was great man yeah. uh, good guys yeah it was so it was surreal i was less nervous than i thought i would be i, I just they treated me like i was a star it was crazy like they just well they treated me like i was 
like I was reading my script and then uh, the guy that plays Julian, JP Tremblay, he's like, the coolest thing that happened, he's like, hey man, can I, uh, I didn't bring my script. Can I see the, can I see your script? And I'm like, yeah, you can see my script. Yeah, it's, it's like, I just lent Julian my sign script. it while you're at it. And then, no, I didn't ask him to do that. And then uh, I wasn't going to push my luck and I wasn't asked for selfies. Uh, and Mike Smith, the guy who plays Bubbles, he was there. He had a mask on. Now, this is way before COVID. So this is how cool this guy was, was wearing because he was a little bit sick and did not want to spread it to everyone on set. Because he was not in the scenes that I'm in, but he was there. Like he was there. Like he's a producer. He's a writer of the show. He's an actor on the show. And um, and he was there with the mask on. I got to I got to see him. Uh, we did it in a public place uh, outside a convenience store in Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia. And it was like I, I at one point when I'm just standing there because I never met them before. Everyone has sort of a story about oh I saw Randy at the yeah. Opera House. Yeah. Or I saw you know I saw Mr. Leahy or I met Bubbles. Bubbles, Bubbles. Yeah. Ask Bubbles if he remembers me. You know all that stuff. And <laughs> I never met any of them ever i would literally go to a to a, a bar that they owned hoping you know back in like 2008 2009 when i, I want to be an actor i want i didn't know how to where to start right what do you do and uh i was like hoping i would just run into them so i could like give them my resume that's folded up in my pocket which has audition on the spot yeah yeah exactly yeah this is <laughs> appears to be a blank sheet of paper sir this, this appears to be a flight itinerary to saint john newfoundland um they were very sweet, uh, very professional. The, uh, every, everything was done. Uh, they, they were very nice to me. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was great. The food truck that they had was, was phenomenal. I gotta, I've never told this story. But yeah. the guy, I didn't know it was all free, right? Like, like not free, free, but free for me. Yeah. Uh, I was, like, had a $10 bill. Out. I think it was my last $10 bill at the time. Um, and uh, I was like, I'd like to get a little breakfast sandwich and uh and the guy's like dude it's it's covered <laughs> like it's uh, obviously this amazing food truck is free and I'm I'm like this is a whole different world it's like the opposite of being in the Halifax airport yeah. where everything's just four times what it should cost yeah really and I'm like this is so cool uh yeah it was great it, it just came out on in January of this year though so it was we filmed that in October of we filmed my scenes in October of 2019 and we did, I didn't see it. Like my mother like gave up hope that it was you probably forgot out. about it. Oh, I thought I was going to get cut out or something. I was like, well, maybe when enough time goes by and enough pandemics happen, you think, well, maybe they just rewrote the episode mm -hmm. and I was trimmed down to just like half of my curl is in the, is in the, but the, the part I played was pretty, it was a small part, but it was an important part. So I was always hopeful that I, I wouldn't, because I announced it, man. I was like, I was excited. I was bragging about it. I was like, I, I was like, man, I'm on Trailer Park Boys. And then I was like, shit, I hope it fucking comes out. <laughs> because uh, if it doesn't, then, you know, I'm going to have to, like Joey on Friends, remember when he got cut out of the, out of the, the Law and Order and he goes to the apartment next door and to film the scene and puts it in the VCR for his grandma. Yeah. Chandler's like, you could at least change your shirt. I know I went to see it twice and I caught you in the act um, going to yeah. see Halloween kills. Yes. Um, you knew this was coming up. Uh, oh, so I, I typically told you that we have to talk. <laughs> well, that's why that's how you knew. 
Um, so you've always been a fan of horror? Like, is that something yes. that you, yeah? hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know why a lot of comedians are too. I, yeah. it's, it's weird. Uh, I mean, a lot of the writers of the new Halloween franchise comedians. are there, you know, David Gordon Green and, um, you spend it down. You uh, spend it down. What's his name? I don't know. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Uh, look, uh, no, what's his name? Yeah. I, I totally oh, forget. Yeah. He's not going to watch this. It doesn't matter. Like a, I, I know he's not going to watch it, but it's like, Joe, you're not like a Joe Rogan type guy. Like, look that up. You do not have a guy off camera, like, hey, look that up on the, you got no, to look it up. Um, Danny McBride. That's it. See, you got it. You got there. Um, there are comedians, obviously, but uh, that uh, I've always, like, mom used to rent me all the stuff from Variety Video and the night owl i'd go in and the night you know, owl. Night, yeah i'd get down to the night owl oh man you get down to the night owl chris bowie was working yeah. you know get you anything you want and uh we would go down there and i'd bike down just rent everything i could um never check your age <laughs> like you can nope, rent like just rent whatever bordello of blood crypt keeper movie and it's yeah. like basically billy zane billy zane no billy zane was in demon night wasn't he Billy in Zane. Bordello of Blood? Zane was might have been. In, that, oh, was... No, that was Miller. Dennis Miller, dude, I'm 100% right on this. Okay. 100% right. Dennis I'll get Miller, the fact check on that. Applied the brothel Bordello movie, Vampire. Yeah. And Billy Zane was in the demon one where they're in the big mansion. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and, you're right. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um yeah horror like halloween is one of my favorites do you name it man like a, a child's play like changed my life it was yeah. uh, horrified me for when I, when I was a kid for years like traumatized me like oh, i yeah. thought chucky was i still have dreams that chucky's coming to get me well there's As a new a, series out now right did you see yeah that? i haven't got a chance to see it yet we're, we're gonna uh, watch that this weekend you have a, a fx so what is it on how do i sure. watch it? i don't know oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> We have Amazon Prime and uh, yeah. you can buy it, I think, on Amazon Prime. Can you buy it? I'm going to check that so. out right now, Andre. I think you can rent, like, pay an extra subscription or whatever. Um, check that out because my girlfriend is also a, a, a horror fanatic. Did you watch she, the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix? Uh, we watched one of them. Yeah, they're very well done. That was so we, good. I gotta watch the, the, yeah, so I should watch. I used to rent, rent. I used to um, read the R.L. Stein Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. And I think I got into one Fear Street novel from my, you know, it was like my sister's like, when you graduated from Goosebumps, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, step up, like, you know, the, yeah, the book comes down and, and uh, you're like, Fear Street, what's this? It was like the, the art on the cover was a little bit, a little, a little bit more older. gruesome. Yeah. You no, know, it's like, yeah, it's like the, like a girl's in bed and, and like, her dead boyfriend's looking through the window. It was really creepy. Really creepy. Yeah. 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 Her dead boyfriend. So who, who was your favorite horror? Um, I don't want to call them villain, but your favorite horror monster or series, whatever. Oh, I mean, you could obviously, obviously Michael Myers. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know what? We got Chucky in there too. We already talked about what can we talk about? We haven't talked about Freddy um, fucking Krueger. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I was just watching uh, Robert England talk about why the the why the remake bombed yeah. with uh, with the other guy, the guy from Watchmen. Yeah, that played Freddy Krueger. Yeah. 
what's his name? Yeah, Rorschach. He played Rorschach. Uh, the and he has a theory that that year, I think it was two thousand and eight, when the remake came out of of Nightmare on Elm Street, which which wasn't which was an okay film. It was it was fine, but um, I, again, I'm not like oh, it's you know, my, it's not my Freddy. I'm not a guy that's yeah, like yeah. you know, like whatever. Pass the torch. Tell me a good story that's really scary. And they did an okay job with it, but I think why it bombed, no one went, well, obviously no one went to go see it, but why? Uh, all the Blu-rays were released. All the Freddy Blu-rays uh, okay. from, the, from, from the first to the last, and like, they look really good on Blu-ray. And yeah. they were released that same year. Like New Line Cinema put them all out. And Marketing. at that time, yeah. at that time, kids and, 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 and people my age, they had like big screen TVs and, and surround sound systems in their homes. They could just watch it. Like, why would you go out to the theater to watch the new Freddy movie? It was just bad timing. Yeah. And it wasn't that great of a movie, but it wasn't, I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, the remake of Friday the 13th was good with um, Buddy from Supernatural. Oh yeah. Um, why can't we remember anyone's name? Uh, Jared it's, it's Padalecki. Like, what is it? Jared Padalecki. Jared? Get the fuck out of here. That's his name. He, was, he used to be on Gilmore Girls and he was on Supernatural. Padalecki? Yeah. Padalecki. Padalecki. Yeah. Something Jared like Padalecki. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine having that name and then um, <laughs> your agent's like, okay, <laughs> do you know how handsome you need? He's very handsome. You're like, do you know how handsome? What is wrong with my screen? What happened there? Oh, I spit on it. That's, <laughs> isn't that great? That's going to be the promo. Can you put that as the promo? <laughs> That's the this promo. is recorded, right? This isn't live. This, this is, is live. all recorded, yeah. <laughs> Fucking leave that in. <laughs> Do you know how handsome you need to be in Hollywood for your last name to remain as... <laughs> I think he changed it to that. <laughs> He's like, you know what? His name was Jared I Smith. I know my last name is Blaze. Jared Blaze. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> but I, I really think there's something with this uh, Padalecki, Finkelstein last name. Yeah, Padalecki is a, it's a, probably a better porn name. Padalecki. Um, yeah. I like saying it. It's, yeah, yeah. it's good. All right. uh, yeah, he um, was in that. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy that. It bombed yeah. as well. Uh, <laughs> no one really, you know, uh, I, I was never a really big Jason fan. I've seen all of them and I yeah. love all of them. Um, I, I, and I don't hate him as much as like the leprechaun. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, else They're running out of places to place the leprechaun. They're like leprechaun on Venus. Yeah. Did you watch the leprechaun in space one? <laughs> I'm being serious. There's, there's one where he's on like this weird planet. Like, I like how two like late thirties guys are like, you ever see leprechaun in space, dude? It's fucking <laughs> Wednesday night at seven thirty. Yeah. Uh, I've never, I've never yeah. had the problem of seeing leprechaun in space i think it's like the uh, I've seen leprechaun in the hood. One. <laughs> it's like the 45th one i think uh it i've seen leprechaun in the hood i've seen leprechaun one two three four. um you know what i like i like the wishmaster ones remember the yeah. wishmaster we've we recently rewatched the first wishmaster you and your wife really yeah we watch man we watch horror movies all the time you know what i like i like that jeepers creepers mm. i think they're smart films i think jeepers just watched the third one last week yeah, it's on Netflix uh, or on one of the things. It's on yeah. things. Um, yeah, it's there's actually a, a couple really beautiful shots in yeah. Jeepers Creepers Three. Like it's just shot well yeah. when he's running through like the the woods with the axe. Like I was like, that's a cool shot. Mm -hmm. 
and it, they're they're funny too. Like the even the first one with Justin Long. Remember the Apple yeah. guy, Mac. Yeah. I'm Apple. I'm Mac. Yeah, or I'm. Yeah, him, it was him and his sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah him and his sister. Um, I had a really big crush on her in that movie. I was like, yeah, she's a very attractive lady. Um, great actors uh, and great. I thought the script was awesome. I love that movie. I went to go see that in theaters and the second one in theaters. Who else? We recently rewatched Urban Legend. Uh, that's a, yeah. I just saw that. That's a, that was on. Uh, maybe we'll watch that tonight. Yeah. With Joshua Jackson. Was yes. he in it? Joshua Jackson and uh, oh god, I can't remember the name with the one with the crazy hair. If you said he wasn't in that movie, then I'd be like fucking Mandela effect. Like I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a, I'm like I'm from another universe. No, no, he was in that uh, Shazam Jackson. movie with Sinbad. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh what was it uh, that never happened yeah it, it didn't even happen yeah someone made a poster though and tried yeah, to yeah. fuck the internet up yeah they're like what was it called again genie one kazam, kazam shazam. Or, yeah yeah kazoom kazam yeah yeah because i remember one with shaquille o'neal i went to go to the vogue theater to see that it was yeah, like he was a genie because what is it yeah, he was like a genie yeah. or something kazam yeah yeah it doesn't matter what it doesn't is. Matter. <laughs> It was, also, it was also the title of the film. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, man. Just <laughs> the fucking oversized bag of Sour Patch Kids at the Vogue Theater that you couldn't open with your fucking little hands. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. Who else are your favorite monster movies? Like monster. Uh, well, Michael Myers has always been hands down my favorite. I haven't I haven't watched the Rob Zombie ones. You I probably not. should. They're I not probably good. Should, but uh, I I don't like. Like I heard about what it like, it kind of goes into the backstory and all this other stuff. And I, I kind of like him just as being the shape, like the way that they've kind of redone it. Of course. Uh, I like that story. Of um, course. Not good. I don't need to know that his mother was, was, a, was, was, a, was a stripper. Right. And that's, you don't want to sympathize with Michael. The last thing I want to do is sympathize with Michael Myers. Yeah. And what I liked about the new one is they brought back the fear of just, you know, when you're like downstairs in the basement and like, you don't know where the light switch is like that level of like, where the, you know, is right. there someone standing right there? It, it was like that. And I think it got a lot of, it got a lot of, of shitty reviews. And I think I have a theory why I think it's because, well, a it's, 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 it's an incomplete story. It's a trilogy. Well, that's and, just they're, they're, and they're, they're like, Oh, if you expected more, more character development, uh, like the first one, the 2018 one, Mm-hmm. which is technically the second one yeah you're not going to get that with this one because it, it is an incomplete story because halloween ends is coming out next year i believe so it's yeah. not weird that it's an incomplete underdeveloped story and laurie strode's not in it that much mm-hmm. but she doesn't need to be she's an injured elderly woman in right. the movie and i call bullshit on that because you ask anyone what their favorite star wars movie is and nine times out of ten it's empire strikes back yeah that's an incomplete story. I mean, well, I mean, it's in its own little condensed thing. Yeah, but it's in the grand no, scheme, I think it's we're incomplete. agreeing. I think I think we're agreeing. Um, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm in favor of the film. I really liked it. I like the flashback scenes that they did. I'm. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Well, this comes. <laughs> this will come out after. <laughs> but um, the I loved. I loved what they did. It looked like the John Carpenter film. Yeah, it, it looked and it felt like it. Like, yeah, yeah, it looked it like it felt like it. Um, I loved it. Yeah, I, I just, I really, really liked it. I, I've watched it since 
you you and I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. We saw it in theaters twice. Yeah. You saw it twice in one day. I did. Unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to. Yeah. You went with your. Yeah, I went with my wife for the matinee and wife. then my son and his buddies wanted to go and yeah. they're 17. So they needed, you know, a chaperone. And I was like, well, right. I'll go do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was great. I'd, and I'd go see it again. You know what? Let's put it on right now and watch it during the. <laughs> let's just watch it together. Let's let's do a, a join cast. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, I don't know where my charger is for my computer, so it might die. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up real quick, but I do have some quick questions for you. Sure. Um, these are these are really important, so you, you hope you get them right. Um, okay. So first question is always, cake or pie? A hundred percent cake. Hundred wow, percent. You're the, you're the first. You're the first really? cake. Yeah. I fucking hate pie. Oh God. Fuck pie. No, okay, I don't like it. I mean, I'll eat it. I'm not gonna like throw it back at my mother's face. <laughs> you know, like you do. You know how yeah. you throw food at your mother. Yeah. Yeah, always. Still. All cake. Right. All right. Doesn't matter cake. what kind of cake. Uh potato or tortilla chips. Oh, uh tortilla. I find potato potato uh potato chips are too heavy. I'm full before my entree comes. If Karen and I are having, there's no, like, oh, we upgraded you to the potato <laughs> nacho. It's like, okay, I'm gonna eat one and I'm gonna be full for the rest okay. of the night and a little bit gassy. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, who's your favorite on SNL? Oh, well, low-hanging fruit, Norm MacDonald. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. I like I, I like that Kate McKinnon man. Kate McKinnon, yeah. she's yeah. hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, Kate McKinnon man, she's she's awesome. Um, I'm gonna say Kate. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, 80s or 90s fashion? <laughs> Fuck, both are horrible. So I'm gonna go <laughs> late 80s or early. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna say 90s because I had a pair of jeans in the 90s that nobody remembers. And I think I might be from another universe. Ikea lock lockups. Lockups. I, if you fucking stood up and you were wearing a pair, you're not even wearing pants right now. I'm not wearing pants. You had a fucking pair of Ikea lockup jeans on right now, man. My, the, the internet, like my, nothing would work. Okay. <laughs> In the yeah, I had a pair of those. I, I missed those. They were like light wash. A chain would come from a lock onto your belt loop wasn't it the best when like you you didn't have a key and but somebody else in your class had one (laughs) yeah oh god i have the key to your like i gotta go to the bathroom i need to borrow your key as if you needed the key to get out of the jeans like there's no (laughs) you imagine having the the worst diarrhea and you you're like ah the one day uh, one day I forgot. I went to Dunham Warehouse and bought the Ikea lockup jeans. Oh man. Okay. Um, have you ever worn or owned a pair of Wolverine deck shoes? Describe what they are. I don't know what those are. Like docker shoes, like uh, like boat shoes. Yeah, like the deck shoes. Remember, like they were like brown. Yeah, leather? like brown and like the you, you like the the it, they weren't tied up and like the they were knotted and like you yeah, could, yeah. yeah. You uh, have, like the yeah. leather lace. Yeah, and the, the lace kind of wrapped around the shoe. Yeah, I have. <laughs> okay. I don't uh, know why. I never like those shoes. I never. Yeah. They're coming back, and and I, they don't look good on anyone. Agreed. 
my mom used to work at the uh, Kent shoes back in the day and nice. she'd always show up with a pair. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. If you could eat. Okay. No, wait, let me, let me rephrase that. What is your favorite breakfast cereal and why is it shredded wheat? <laughs> How do you know that? It's true. Well, shreddies. Okay. That's so weird. I had a bowl the other day. I, I don't eat a lot of cereal now. Because if I did, I'd be nine million pounds. Um, oh, it's such a hard. It's like, what's your favorite movie? Um, I love cereal, and and I know I'm old enough to be eating. I, I should be eating like Vector or something adult. Um, and I don't even I don't even like Fruity Pebbles, but I'm always on the hunt for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I I can't eat uh, cinnamon toast crunch anymore. It, it's have you had a bowl of that as an adult? It's too much sweetness. It's way too much. I can't eat it. It almost makes me nauseated. I love a bowl of shreddies, man. That's so weird. Not shredded wheat, like not like a, the big. Remember, like, like the big pillow. Yeah, like your like your grandfather would be eating it, like, <laughs> and you're like, and it's just fucking. He's breaking it apart, and then yeah. I added milk to it, and and it's like, what are you eating, Clyde? I'm actually, and, I'm uh, looking forward to buying a box of that this weekend. Get, so you do like that, the shredded wheat? I do wheat, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like, and I do like shredded wheat. And it's, it's, it's kind of like shreddies, but yeah, it's weird that you said that because I, I was dog sitting and they bought me, the people I was dog sitting, they left me a box of shreddies because they know I like shreddies. Wow. Don't even put sugar on anymore. It's like, I don't even need it. Don't even need it. No, full fat milk too. Like just homogenized red <laughs> The no. Red Northumberland. Yeah, you got to get the full fat. You don't want to, you don't want to extract the fat from your milk. Mm -hmm. See, I'm I'm big on nut milk. <laughs> yep, no. That sounded funnier after I said it. Yeah, yeah that's like, a, almond and oat milk. That's like nut. What is nut milk? Oh, nut. Uh, like but, almond uh, milk and then uh, like. Oh yeah, I like did that. not know you meant that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I like all of those too. I like the uh, cashew and and almond. Yeah, uh, I like how we should just have this as the podcast, just like talking about different kinds of different milk. cereals and foods. Yeah. yeah. What's your yeah. favorite? Oh, well, yeah, you said shredded wheat. Okay. No, actually, it's uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Like, if I could have one box yeah. of cereal that would never end for the rest of my days, Honey Nut Cheerios. I like the cinnamon toast. Uh, I'm sorry, cinnamon like apple cinnamon Cheerios or mm -hmm. like cinnamon Cheerios. I like that multi grain. I, I like all kinds. Um. Do you ever have like the Reese peanut butter puffs cereal? Man, I did, and no one <laughs> that should not exist. Like, That's I don't like know. Timbit cereal proved no by the and it, they have the audacity to put whole grain <laughs> or like the little heart check, the little uh, fucking. Yeah. It's like General Mills that makes it, could, it or something like that. Gives you like, like seven well, essential nutrients. There's like, yeah, well, it like if you have something extremely unhealthy and then just add vitamins yeah. to it, yeah, it does make that thing healthy. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it, it's really unhealthy plus added plus shit. Added, yeah, right. yeah, it doesn't make any. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been awesome, man. Um, man it's been a lot I'm, of fun. So thankful. And yeah, uh, and I'm so glad that we did this because I had a lot. I had a blast. Yeah, we'll have to do it again because obviously we can talk for yeah. an hour on cereal. We we could, dude, we've been talking for like an hour and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never done anything for an hour and a half. It goes by so fast. It did. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, man. Oh, I have appreciate you. it, and and I'm I was like I said I was nervous asking you to do it, 
and never be, just never be you know never ever ever be uh, <laughs> nervous to talk to me about anything man um i'm always available man just just let me know and i'd love to come back it's awesome. always weird how do we say goodbye it's always like okay man you know <laughs> no, no you're the best no. call up. You it's like when you're yeah, leave and then leave me <laughs> it's like when you're talking to a girl on the phone back in high school it's like no you hang <laughs> out yeah i know and then your father picks up he's like we're fucking playing bingo <laughs> man what what a great time what a fun chat do check him out you have to see him do his thing on stage i know he's got a very busy schedule i know he's booked solid until the end of 2021 so if you can get your hands on a ticket to any of his events you won't regret it buy a ticket go see him do his thing on stage i know he's got some acts uh, with some supporting uh, comics so always do support the arts as, as a musician, understanding the struggles of, of performing original material. And I think stand-up comedians are, are um, a rare breed. Uh, it takes a special kind of person to do it um, and to do it successfully. So I wish Jimmy nothing but success and the best, especially with uh, the new series and development, the, the Canoe Project. It's sure to be another Canadian classic comedy series. Um, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for doing the podcast, and I hope we can do it again soon. As always, everyone, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, um, be kind, stay safe, much love. All right, bye for now.